0: Good morning, brethren. It's always a joy and always glad to be in the house of God. And uh, I really need God's help. So if you'd go with me before the Lord in prayer. Well, Father, you know, Lord, Lord, I do feel very scattered in my thoughts. But Lord, I just pray for clarity and for help. But Lord, above all, that today your name would be glorified Lord, that today that Your church would be built up in some way. Lord, even if it's just one thought, Lord, I pray that You'd give Your people a feast in their soul by beholding Your glory, Lord. Would You come to us? In Jesus' name, amen. the Well, how do I? I don't even know how to hold my Bible up here. Um. The main text that we're going to be in today is going to be in Psalm 63, and I've titled this message, Beholding Jesus, Salvation and Satisfaction in Him. And in, and we know that from the, the New Testament, we learn that when Christ, when He rose again, that... He taught all of the scriptures, they're all about him, beginning from Moses and all through the prophets, everything is about Jesus. So here when we come to Psalm 63, we can look through the New Testament lens of of be of, of knowing that this right here is for is for us, brethren. It's for us to know more of Christ, to know more of him. And my and I want to put forth to you that Brethren, you can behold Christ and that you can feast on Him. Your soul can behold Him and find much joy and satisfaction that even if you're in a dry place, you're in a weary place, you're in a place where your soul feels far off from God and like He's not near. As we see in the latter parts of the psalm, that's where David ends up. That's where he he says in multiple verses, he says, "...in the shadow of your wings." I will sing for joy. The king shall rejoice in God. But we clearly see in the beginning of the psalm, that's, that's not the case. In verse 1, he says, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you, and my soul thirsts for you, and my flesh faints for you. David was thirsting after God. And brethren, there indeed is a feast for us Christians to be found for your soul in Jesus. But before diving into the text and the glory of it, I want to further convince you of the necessity and the importance of joy in the Christian life. That joy shouldn't be looked at as something that's secondary or optional, but foundational to our Christian walk. That it is a necessity to walk with God Brethren God has created every single man on earth to to seek sat to well he created us to find joy in him but but sin has ruined that, and now every man on this earth, Christian or not seeks satisfaction in something, and again sin ruined that, which brings us or which brings me to a point that Fallen, there's a difference between, a great difference between fallen man and a redeemed man. That a fallen man seeks satisfaction in his soul, in everything, in anything but God. They seek it in the creation and not the creator. But when Jesus, when he comes in and he steps into the scene to save you from the punishment of sin, and he saves you from the fallen nature of sin, he gives you new spiritual taste buds to enjoy God, and now makes sin repelling. That's the work of grace that God does in a Christian. Fallen man walks in the ways of the world because he seeks satisfaction in the world. They love their evil, while Christian, you follow Christ because of God's grace. He's a, you've you've seen and you've beheld Him. You have been allowed to taste the pleasures of God. And that's why you can say, I'm Christ and He's mine. I'll keep following after Him. Believer, you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and changed to enjoy God now. And here are some of the reasons that you need to keep enjoying Him and keep fighting for your joy that is in Him and in Him alone. Uh, Not directly from the text, but just from other places in Scripture. Is that joy in God will keep you from sin, as we've heard our brother Craig preaching through Galatians, Galatians 5:16. but he says, "But I say, walk in the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So brethren, if we are walking in the joy of the Holy Spirit, the deeds of this flesh are going to be put to death, and that's one of the reasons it's a necessity, another reason, and I've got a few reasons here. I, I won't necessarily quote all the scriptures, but that joy in God will continue to produce your service to the saints. That joy in God will be continued fuel for your suffering through your trials as Nehemiah, in in the book of Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And one last reason that we need to keep fighting for our joy in God, the necessity of it, is that joy in God will glorify him? Isaiah 60, Isaiah 61, verse 3, when it's talking about Christ and how he came to proclaim freedom to the captives, it says of those who he would set free, the oil that he would give the oil of gladness instead of mourning. And that through that, in God doing that in a sinner, that he may be glorified. That's the reason that God has done a work in you, Christian, to deliver you from the emptiness of sin and give you joy in Him is to glorify Himself. That's one of the reasons you ought to keep, you ought to keep fighting for your joy in Him. Like the famous quote from our brother, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. That's not just some saying we have, brethren. It's biblical. It's rooted in biblical truths. And your joy matters to God. It does he 's jealous for his glory he's redeemed you to find joy in him, not the world, not the empty things that are going to perish, but in him to show that he is all satisfying and praise be to God, brethren, that part of the work of Jesus and his redemption is that your joy would be full in him, that you can have much joy if you seek it in the right place so again i 've just gone over the some of the Importance and necessity of joy. And here how is how God has brought us this joy. Even though we were once enemies, we're now seated at his table. And he's done it through the work of Christ. He's done it through him. And here's a few verses. And in Psalm 107, verse 9, speaking of the redeemed people of God, it says he satisfies the longing soul. And the hungry soul he fills with good things. Isaiah 61, verse 7, Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of your dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore in the land they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. That's again what through the work of Christ Him taking our shame, all of our dishonor that we had, He in return gives us everlasting joy. And a few more verses, brethren, that the New Testament clearly tells us about how we can be satisfied in Christ and His finished work. Jesus says it Himself. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to Me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in Me shall not thirst. A thirst in your soul, not a, not just a physical one, but a spiritual one. Christ is your spiritual need, and He fulfills that. In John 7, 37 and 38, Jesus crying out, if anyone thirst, anyone at all, let him come to Me and drink. Whoever believes in Me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart would flow rivers of living water. The salvation of Jesus, brethren, is eternally satisfying. Christ gives a salvation that is accompanied with satisfaction. It's not dry. So brethren, if you're feeling dry, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to remain in that place. So again, that's, I just wanted to put forth that, brethren, Christ really did That's part of his redeeming work to, to give us the satisfaction in him with the new taste buds that he's given us. And now going into Psalm 63, uh, back again to verse 1, I'm, it says, A Psalm of David, when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O oh God, You are my God. Earnestly I seek You. My soul thirsts for You, and my flesh, it faints for You. Here we see that David was physically in a wilderness. He was in the wilderness of Judah. And David ended up in that wilderness because of his enemies. It was uh, maybe either Saul or Absalom pursuing David, and David had fled to the wilderness. We don't know exactly when that was, but we know why he ended up there. It's because his enemies were pursuing him. And even in Psalm 63 verse 9, he talks about those who deceit to destroy his life, he says, but those who seek to destroy my life. So brethren, even though that David here is in a physical wilderness, this psalm it's about the spiritual state of of him not just physically, and we know that because He talks about the inward things. He talks about His soul thirsting for God, His flesh feigning after Him as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And brethren, we do have those new desires to enjoy God, but you, co- you quickly come to realize in the Christian life that not only do you have new desires, but you also have new enemies when you become a Christian who hate God and the good of your soul. And maybe you even have come to the place to understand why the devil, he's called the accuser of the brethren day and night, because you've experienced it. You know what it's like. So. David here spiritually in a dry place because of his enemies so the Christian too can end up in a spiritually dry place because of his enemies maybe you're there today but Christian you can take heart we can find much encouragement in the psalm as we continue to go forward you know even as the Lord said to the to the Israelites when they were in oppression I'm not quoting it word for word, but you can take heart because the Lord has seen your affliction. He's heard your cries. He knows your suffering and he will deliver you out of the oppression of the evil one and bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. The Lord looks to give an abundance, even in opposition and in dryness. That's the possibility here. As we go into and in, in read a few more verses, I'm going to go ahead and... And read verses two through five. And he says, So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. And so we see here that again, David was once in a parched land spiritually. But God, through beholding him in his sanctuary, that David was brought to a place of abundance to where he was praising God and worshiping him in fullness. But look at what he says in verse 2. He says, So I have looked. And I believe here, to my understanding, that David is actually recalling past times of worship, similarly to what I believe he also does in verse 6, when he says, I remember you upon my bed. He's recalling to mind the times that he's worshipped God and seen the power and the glory. And from that, brother, he, he drew much encouragement His affections were stirred again for the Lord. He was being renewed afresh by just remembering and recalling those past times. So it is a remedy for us that if you're in a dry and weary land, you ought to have some ammunition of memory in your mind of those times that God has helped you, that He has upheld you. Remember those times, brethren, that God has given to you. And if you feel that maybe these past memories, you don't have any to recall, you can go to the sanctuary today. And that reality can still be true. That you can look upon Him in the sanctuary and be and be changed to this place of, of worship to Christ again, even though you feel desolate and empty. You feel parched. The sun beating down on you. David says, so I have looked upon you. That's why he went. He went to go and behold God. He went to go behold the power and the glory of God. And that's the thing that revived him. That's the thing that is his help. Nothing else but going and seeking for God in his need. As he says even again in verse 1, he says, earnestly I seek you. Lord, my soul thirsts for you. And here he says, he went and looked in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory. And for the Christian, again, knowing that we were New Testament Christians and Christ has, has bought for us through his blood access to the holies of holies. He has bought us the place in which we're going to spend eternity with God The sanctuary of God is the place where God dwells. And now God dwells in the highest of heavens. His throne is in heaven. In Christ, He sits at the right hand of God. So that's where we ought to look. That's where we ought to behold, is that we can behold the power and the glory of Jesus Christ, Him who's seated at the right hand of the Father. And that would be the thing that stirs you and revives your soul again. And the reason, the reason for David going into the sanctuary to behold God is he says, because your steadfast love is better than life you know when i when I was actually thinking about this verse, one of the first times was when our brother Ryan went through that small season of a trial, not knowing what was going on uh if he had a possible brain tumor or some major sickness. But our brother, he could still praise God because the steadfast love of God, it's better than life. What Jesus has given him is better than life. And so it is for every single one of us that you can be going through any trial, various ones, but the steadfast love of God, it's better than that. It can be a remedy for you. The steadfast love of God for you, Christian. Just as we heard in the first message, Christ is willing, he's so willing to cleanse and through his cleansing power, he also sets his committed love unto you. And through that love, you see that Christ, he's better than life itself. Didn't Christ tell us He came to give us life and life abundantly, and that life is found in the abundance of His steadfast love that He has for His people. And because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. One moment here, I kind of lost my train of thought. So Christian, I say all these things to continue to give you encouragement, to keep earnestly seeking after God because it is indeed possible that though you be in a place where you're dry and it feels like God is far off, that he would once again manifest Himself to you. That's what the Lord told us. He says, I will come to you and I will manifest myself to you. Take those promises to Him in prayer. Go to the sanctuary to go behold Him. Keep seeking after Him and not the things of this world. Undoubtedly, if you're in a trial, you're, you're faced and you're met with this decision to go and keep pursuing God earnestly after Him or to shrink back and go into the things of the world to go find what doesn't exist but tries to offer temporal satisfaction it, it, it doesn't really all it will do is be like a sip of salt water it's only going to make you more thirsty it's only going to make you more dry so don't don't do that brethren if you're discouraged You can go and behold and be satisfied in Jesus Christ because of His finished work on the cross. He has redeemed a people to find joy in Him. And He will accomplish that task if you go to Him. He will fulfill His promises of those who draw near to God. He'll draw near to them. He'll help you. He'll be your help in your time of need. All right, and just like you know, sometimes you have a good meal. You have some, maybe you have some good wings. You get some, a little bit of of sauce on your lips when you eat some wings. Well, when you eat of the Lord Jesus Christ, you get praise on your lips. That's what you have. That's what David says. He says, "So I will bless you as long as I li- live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food in my mouth." will praise you with joyful lips. You feast on Christ. And indeed, He does give you a feast. And that's the reason you're full of praise. It's like when me and Evan went to the Middle East and there we're eating our food and we eat eat everything on our plate. They just keep giving us more. It's not coming to an end. They just keep filling it up. Brethren, keep going to Christ. He'll keep filling you up. He'll give you more and more. It's never ending. The joy that is found in Christ, it's so much. He gives us a full feast to delight in Him. Brethren, keep fighting for this joy. It's worth it. It's worth it to keep seeking after the Lord and be revived in your soul. And He says... Again, your steadfast love is better than life. You can have an empty life. You can be dry. You can be empty. And it might not sound like much that the steadfast love of God is better than life. But you can have a full one. You could have one where you attained everything in this world and you could have accomplished every task that the world says is one to accomplish but it will still be nothing that would all be vain. But the steadfast love of God, it's better than life, better than anything this life has to offer. Keep pursuing it, Christian. Keep beholding the glory of Christ. Let's see, wrapping up here, I had some other thoughts, but I just want to give one Last plea to you who do not know Jesus and you've never tasted nor seen or beheld this glory. I I don't know how to describe it to you. Even uh, John, John Piper here, he has something that he wrote down. I forget what it is, but he essentially says, I don't know how to describe glory to you. It's like trying to describe beauty. It's better, he says, it's better to go. Uh, to point than to describe. And so I want to point you to the glory of God. I I don't know how to, to portray it to you, but you can go and you can see it for yourself. You can see why we pursue after Jesus and eternal unseen things and not the things of this world. You can find out why for yourself if you go and seek after Him. And if you don't, Christ might say to you as he said to the woman at the well, you would have asked me, and I would have given you living waters. That all, that's all it takes is you coming to Christ and asking him. You don't want it to be said to you on that last day that you did not receive because you did not ask for the eternal good of your soul, the satisfaction of your soul. Christ only How abundant is the goodness stored up for those who fear Him? It's only good. It's only good to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So I would, for the unbeliever who's not a Christian, I would ask you, please think about the things of your soul. The fleeting things of this world will never satisfy, but Christ always will with His salvation that He gives, deliverance from sin, And you can experience this. You can experience your soul being satisfied as with fat and rich food that comes through Jesus, the true bread of life. Well, I think that's about it, brethren. Just would like to close in prayer now. Well, Lord, we just thank You. Lord, I thank You for such wonderful truths, Lord, that You did come to die for guilty sinners that those who are far off lord that we were empty lord we were wandering in the wastelands in the wilderness but you found us lord you heard our cries for you and you satisfied our soul and lord i pray you would do that in some that that don't know you lord i pray you would give them a satisfaction in jesus christ and lord i also pray for the saints who are struggling, and who are in the weary land. Lord, would you show them your glory? Lord, would you revive their hearts again, that they would glorify you as you said, Lord, that you would do these things, that your name would be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.